had a lot of jobs, but I've never had a job interview before. That's a whole different story. You can ask me about that later. But I've interviewed many people, and I know what every person on the other end of that screen, if it's on a Zoom call interview, or if it's in person, or if it's on the phone, I know what they're thinking in their head for a job interview. They're saying, here I am. Will you, will you hire me? Please, will you hire me? Um, I think the mother of all here I am's, though, let's, let's think about this. What is the mother of all here I am's? It's the moment you ask someone to spend the rest of your life with you in marriage. It's engagement. And this last example of the here I am's is a big one. And, uh, you know, you think they're the one, the person you've been dreaming and praying for uh, your whole life. And you meet their family and their friends and you think, oh, they could be my family or my friends too. And, and they meet your family and your friends and everyone on your side's giving you a thumbs up like, don't mess this one up, right? And, and, and this is the here I am moment. After saving up all your money, you go out and you buy a ring and you hope it's the right ring size. You try to be a little sly and you're looking at their pudgy hand and, and seeing what ring size they could be. And, and you plan, and these days it's different, right? It, uh, you plan the event, you hire a photographer, you have some friends make a video of it, and uh, you plan this absolute elaborate surprise and you pop the question and you get down on one knee and you open up that ring box and you say here I am would you marry me and why is it that on the other side when they say yes they put their hands over their mouth like that every single it's like a God created people to just put their hands over their mouth when they say yes and they're saying here I am too in all of that and when you say here I am a whole bunch of feelings come with that feelings of vulnerability you're laying yourself out there feelings of hope hoping that they'll say yes to you or we want to hire you or I accept you or I'll dance with you there's feelings of relief that when they say yes this rush of relief it's like the best feeling in the world I think when they say yes or the feeling of freedom that you can be who you are honestly and authentically before them and some of you have said many of you have said here I am to God the one who created you um, and you've come to him with all you just you come to God with all of your insecurities and all of your vulnerabilities all of your fears all of your pride and all of your mistakes, all your addictions, all your bad habits and brokenness and all of your lies and all of your sins and you just say to God, here I am. And thankfully he says to you, welcome home. This is where you belong. We're beginning a new series today, a summertime series called, you could guess it, Here I Am, right? And what we'll do in this series is we'll search the scriptures and we'll explore the stories in the Bible of people who said, here I am. And when you say, here I am, 
It simply means I'm available, that I am available. And when you say, here I am, something supernatural happens every time. And so what we're going to do today is just quickly look at four people. There's more in the Bible, but we'll look at four people in the Bible who said, here I am. And throughout the summer, we'll take each one and we'll kind of do a deep dive and to figure out that story and what God was doing and what he's going to do in your life as a result of learning about these people. The first one, the first here I am, is from a life of a man named Abraham. Um, and when I say here I am, number one, first point is this, I make a sacrifice I never thought I'd make. In the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, we look in Genesis 22 in verse 1, and it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go out to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. It's a great here I am. It's the first here I am in the Bible. Now those of you who know this story know that God will not allow Abraham to actually sacrifice his son. God is looking for the willingness in Abraham's heart to obey. And God tested Abraham to see what was in his heart. Now God tests us sometimes with this, with this same idea. Not to grade us on the test, but to grow us for that test. And this is what God is doing to Abraham. He's growing Abraham's faith. Now, Abraham's greatest challenge is sacrifice. And when Abraham is challenged with sacrifice, he's challenged with, he's challenged with will you follow your will, Abraham, or will you follow God's will? And Jesus said it this way. He said it in Matthew chapter 10. He said, whoever finds their life will lose it. Get that. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. You know, it seems like we spend our entire life trying your hardest to, for life fulfillment and life success. But it seems like sometimes the harder you try, the further away it is. And when you make that sacrifice to lose your life in God, that's when you finally find your greatest fulfillment and purpose. And this is the principle of sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross, and he had a resurrection. And a sacrifice always comes before a resurrection and a blessing. Whoever loses my life, whoever loses their life for my sake, will find it, is what Jesus said. Now the question is, why do you think God works this way? Because it's, it's different. It's kind of upside down. I think in the moment of sacrifice, something changes in us. It happened to Abraham, it'll happen with you. And when I say here I am, in sacrifice, I give up control. I give up my control. I give up my desires and in my will, and what was mine becomes God's. And what was under my control is now under his control. So when you say, here I am, I make a sacrifice I never thought I would make. The second one 
is a thing that happens, and we learn this from the life of Jacob. Number two is this. When I say, here I am, number two, I face a fear I never thought I'd face. I face a fear I never thought I'd face. You, you might remember Jacob, because he was the guy, he was the man who wrestled with God. And in the wrestling with God, he learned two things. He learned who he was. You see, when he was wrestling with God, God was saying, tell me your name. Tell me your name, Jacob. And Jacob means schemer or trickster. Now, he learned who he was, and then he also learned what God was calling him to. He says, God says, your name was Jacob, and now I'm calling you Israel. A nation, the nation of Israel was named after him. It's the name of future blessing, and it's the name of great future. But at the end of Jacob's life, he has to face one of his greatest fears. Take a look at this in Genesis chapter 46 in your notes. It says, And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am, he replied. I am God, the God of your father, he said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. God tells Israel, Jacob, to go to Egypt. Now, Egypt was the place, the one place Jacob's forefathers told him, don't go there. It's a scary place. Now, he's told to go to the place that he feared the most by God. He had to face his fear in one of the places he was afraid of the most. What is one thing? What is one thing in your life? One place or one thing that you fear the most. There may be times in your life that God will bring you face to face with those fears when you come to him and you say, here I am. You know, six years ago, God, the Spirit of God moved in the hearts of leaders here at Nova. And we were called to love God and to love others, love our neighbors. And God, six years ago, was really calling us to open our eyes and have our hearts transformed to love the South Bay, to love our community, to love our neighborhood. And, and God blessed us with, with this incredible campus, you know, three and three-quarter acres of land in a very crowded and impacted South Bay. It's incredible that God blessed us with this, but he called us to be a blessing with this land. And so we saved and we sacrificed and we gave and we planned. We stepped out in faith and we began to build. All the while, God providing for us and transforming our hearts to love him more and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And so we built a playground. And, and, and the playground was for the community to come and enjoy. And every single day, it seems like all day, the community comes out and plays on this playground. And I'll go out and I'll talk with people sometimes and they'll say, um, what is this? Is this a park? Well, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's church property. And they say, is it okay if we play here? Yes, it's for you. And, and our hearts are open. He 
He, he provided all that we needed to build a playground for the community in a prayer garden so that people could come and find God and just connect with God in the quietness and walk along the path and sit on a bench and find some quiet in this busy world that we live in. A playground, a prayer garden, and new restrooms. God knew we, knew we needed new restrooms. And a new entrance that you walked in through today. And a new serving cafe. And a new lobby. And in the midst of all of this, there were times that I felt afraid. I felt afraid. Like, God, what would people think of me when I ask them? We need to give so that we could be open into this community. What were people going to think about me? And, and I thought, what were you going to do, God? Are you going to provide through us, for us, through all of this? And then in the midst of our building and, and giving campaign, guess what? This worldwide virus hits, right? So what were we going to do then? And then we couldn't gather for weeks. What were we going to do? And then all of that led to supply chain issues and, and city staff that couldn't come and approve our plans and, and sign off on permits and all of this stuff. But God knew. Even though I was afraid at times, God knew. And we're still not done yet with building. But six years ago, God called us in faith. And we said, here I am, God. I'm afraid, but you are bigger than my fears. Even this week, we were meeting with some leaders. And our youth ministry is in transition right now. And so we're, we're planning for the future. We're thinking about what needs to happen today and all of this. And we're meeting with some youth, youth leaders. And one of the youth leaders says to me, You know, Dean, in a sermon that you preached a few weeks ago, you said that, uh, that God was bringing the children of Israel through the desert, through the wilderness. But in the end, there's a promised land that's going to be just the greatest but when you're in the wilderness, you'll be tested. And there will be times that you will, you will be afraid. And there will be times that it's a little bit confusing. But this youth leader, she said to me, but when you preached that message, I was so encouraged that God was with us. And as she's telling me that, just before that, I was afraid. And, and I'm thinking, what's going to happen? What's, what's the plan? And she's preaching my message back to me. How embarrassing that is, right? I'm, I'm, I'm preaching the message, and this is what the God, Word of God says. And she's telling me the words that I said from the Bible. What a great thing that is, that when you say, here I am to God, you're going to take those fears that you have, and God's going to say, I'm going to face them with you. And the next here I am, is a guy that we've heard from for the past few weeks. His name is Moses. And so number three, when I say here I am, I see a miracle that I never thought I could see. The people of Nova, we've been in a sermon series on the Old Testament book of Exodus, which is the story of God redeeming his people from slavery in Egypt and, and sending them into the promised land. And it's the life of Moses, their leader. And we can say that Moses had a life of miracles, and it all started when Moses encountered a burning bush. In Exodus chapter 3, it says, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. 
And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy ground. And the three words, here I am, changed Moses' life. You see, Moses, he was born a Hebrew, but he was raised and he matured in, the, in Pharaoh's house. And after being raised a royal, he went through some trials, and then he finds himself 40 years later as the shepherd of sheep in, in a not a great place. <clears throat> and here we read that God calls him and says, and Moses says, here I am. And because he responds to God, he's the key figure in God's people being free from slavery in Egypt. See, when you say, here I am, to God, and God directs you, he gives you purpose. You know, most likely have a lot of questions, like Moses did at that burning bush moment. Moses had four main questions. His first question to God was, who am I? Like, why are you choosing me, God? That's what Moses' big question was. And second question Moses asked is, who are you? Like, like do you really have the power to transform a, a guy like me? I've got so many weaknesses. Third question Moses asked was, what about them? What are they going to think about me? I stutter. I don't, I don't have what it takes to be a leader. And the fourth question Moses asks in this moment is, how about this? What about my weaknesses? What about the problems that I have? What about the mistakes that I've made? And even though Moses asked all these questions, God uses Moses to set people free. And we get to learn what happens as we read through the book of Exodus, through the life of Moses. And when God calls you to something and you say, here I am, God does amazing things. I have to think about this. What would happen? What would have happened if Moses saw that burning bush and God's calling him, and he just walks away and says, nah. Or what would happen if Moses missed his calling and purpose? What would have happened if Moses missed those miracles? He would have missed the power of God. He would have missed the Nile River turning into blood. He would have missed the parting of the Red Sea. He would have missed the manna in the morning that would feed everybody. He would have missed water coming from the rock in the middle of the desert. He would have missed the Ten Commandments and the people delivered to the Promised Land. But because that moment of the burning bush wasn't too big for him, and he said, here I am to God, he got to witness all these miracles. Here's their question for today for us, is this. What am I missing because I'm where I want to be rather than where God wants me to be? Because where I want to be is the place where I'm in control. And what God, where God wants me to be is when I say, God, here I am. You're in control. And I see miracles that I never thought I'd see when I say, here I am. Our last point today, number four, is this. This one's a little bit different. Number four is this. When I say, here I am, I experience a joy I never thought I can experience. And we learn this from Jesus. And this last one is different from the others. In the previous three, they were responding to God. But in this last one, Jesus is saying to you, here I am. Take a look at this in the last book in the Bible. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says, Here I am. 
I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with you, and you will eat with me. See, this is about a relationship with Jesus. It's, it's eating together. It's sharing a meal together. And Jesus is saying, here I am. He's saying that to us. He says, I'm inviting you into a relationship. And I, I believe that the greatest here I am, I mean, there's about eight of them in the Bible. This one right here is the greatest here I am. Jesus is saying, I'm right here, right here in our midst, right now. And if you're sensing that God is speaking to your heart through anything, through the music, through the interactions with people, through what your child has shared with you about VBS this week, it's Jesus right in our midst. And if you want, Jesus will be, can be, a part of your life. You see, he says this, if you hear my voice and open the door, and today, if you've never opened the door to Jesus, you can have that door open to free forgiveness for you. You don't have to work to be good enough for anybody or anything, to be good enough for God, to be good enough to get to heaven. You don't have to do that anymore because Jesus says, if you open the door, you're going to get free forgiveness. If you open the door, you'll get guidance and direction if you're confused. If you're confused today and you've got a decision to make that's really hard, or that you're having conflict in your life right now, you can open the door and get guidance from Jesus in leadership for your life. You can open the door to growing closer with God. And open the door, you can open the door to a community of faith. Nova Community Church is here for you. And, and we are open, our, our arms are open for you, for you to just say to us, here I am. And we want to say, come on in. You're part of the family. You can be part of this family. You can be part of friendship and, and, and mission together. We serve together. You can be part of learning together. And we've looked at these four people in the Bible that said, here I am today. Just real briefly, we'll go in depth every Sunday after this. But they said those three simple words. And when they said those three simple words, they made a sacrifice that they never thought that they would make. And they faced a fear that they never thought that they would face. And they saw a miracle that they never thought that they would see. And Jesus says to us, here I am. And when you say back to Jesus, well, here I am, you experience a joy that you would never think that you would experience. And with those three words, everything changed. And so I invite you to join us for this series. It'll begin next Sunday. Well, it begins today, but it'll continue next Sunday and all throughout the summer. Well, we'll dive deep into these eight people that said to God, here I am.